Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Joined by my co-host tonight, Mark Schofield. We are we got a lot to talk about today. It's been we talked we came on last weekend, talked about all the free agency craziness, and some more's happened since then. The quarterback stuff is still um, those dominoes are still falling. We had a lot more fall since the last time we've been on, and that's kind of where we wanted to start. But before we get started, Mark, you doing all right? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Today is uh, Tuesday, the 22nd. We are recorded just as Malik Willis wrapped his pro day. And if you haven't seen it yet, by the time, you know, you listen to this show, you'll probably have not seen it cross your timeline multiple times because he made one of those ridiculous throws like rolling to his left, throwing back and deep post route to his right. That probably covered 75 yards in the air. And it's an impressive throw. He did it in shorts and a T-shirt, so we'll see how many opportunities he gets to do that in the NFL. But now the timeline's going nuts over Malik Willis, and it's got thoughts of Malik Willis at two overall to Detroit. And I kind of wanted to start there, Connor. Obviously, Indianapolis, they now have a new quarterback in Matt Ryan. And so with the movement, how does this now shape the quarterback conversation? And then by extension, the first round. Yeah, and that's – I mean, that's – that's the crazy part because, like, say Detroit does not go quarterback. Where's the first quarterback come off now? Atlanta might, but they just gave Marcus Mariota a two-year deal. Maybe they give Josh Rosen another shot at it. Um, I mean, I feel like that's your probably – that's probably the best landing spot. But if it's not Atlanta and it's not Detroit, like, where where do you see the first quarterback going? Yeah, I mean, it, it's weird. I keep thinking that – Carolina was going to get into the veteran mix, right? Right. You know, they were rumored to be on Watson. That didn't obviously happen. Now you've got Ryan going to Indianapolis. So I'd be really surprised if Ryan went within the division, if they traded him within the division. But the thing to remember with Carolina is they don't have a lot to trade. Right. You know, they, they're not on the clock after six until 137. And so does Carolina end up being the spot where the first quarterback comes off the board if Willis at two doesn't materialize? And I've been told by people closer to the lines than me that their Campbell wasn't at Willis's pro day today, but he's going to be at Matt Corral's tomorrow. So there's that. Now there might be a couple of other people who want to look at a Mississippi, but that oh. makes me think that Detroit might be thinking if Corral's there at 32, they want to get a look at him. I don't know if they go at two, but people keep saying that, no, maybe he might. So maybe Carolina at six then becomes the spot where a quarterback goes off the board first. You mentioned 
Mariota to Atlanta. And yeah, it's a two-year deal, but they kind of have an out after one. So right. this might be a one-year tryout. Seattle at nine kind of makes sense. But I think six, eight, and nine are probably where we're looking at for that first QB off the board. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's kind of – and, again, it's just crazy because normally you got two or three teams that, like, you know for certain. It's like, yeah. hey, they're going quarterback. And it's all those teams we mentioned, they could go quarterback, but, like, but Seattle, they don't have to. Right, like, Seattle's a spot where they're, like, they're practically rebuilding right now. And they got Drew Locke in a trade. Do they just see what Drew Locke – I mean, again, like, I'm, I'm not a guy who thinks Drew Locke's going to come in and, and win the, you know – NFC West and, and, you know, be ready to just contribute in that division. But yeah, I mean, like when Malik Willis is, you know, pretty much, I'd say a lot of people's quarterback one, I know some people like Kenny Pickett, but if you're drafting, you know, Malik Willis, you know, if he's say he's the first quarterback to go off the board, which that's it's 50, 50, but that might be your best bet right now. He's still not a guy that teams are really projecting to come in and, you know, play right away. So like, Does Seattle, while they're in a rebuild, take a quarterback that might need two or three years before he's ready to contribute? Like Carolina, they made all these all-in moves last year, which wasn't, I think, a smart decision. But then do they draft a guy who's probably not going to be much better than a Sam Darnold? Or they, you know, it's just, it's so crazy because normally you got your Jaguars, Jets, you know, that situation from last year where you got two or three teams in those top six, seven, eight picks who were desperate for the quarterback. And you just... They, those teams could go quarterback, but they also need a lot of help in other places, offensive line, defensive line, those spots that are heavy in the draft. You know, Seattle right. needs pass rush, you know. So it's – God, it could be six, eight, nine. It could be – It could fall – right, it could fall to Pittsburgh. You know, you yeah. never know. Yeah, and Tomlin's there at Willis's Pro Day, and people in the aftermath of that 75-yard throw, you could see Tomlin in the background <laughs> as Willis is, like, airplaning away – and Tomlin's like like a proud papa looking on. And so there are a lot of people saying, yeah, he's not getting – Willis isn't getting past Pittsburgh at 20, and I right. think that makes sense. I, I think philosophically this quarterback draft is going to test the theory of do you draft the rookie and then build around him or do you build, build and then draft. add the rookie when you're, you've got the established roster. Right. And it might be a scenario where teams wait and see. Like if you're Seattle at nine, and, you know, Carolina goes offensive tackle. Atlanta decides, look, we got to add a wide receiver. We're going to kick this decision. We don't like a quarterback. Now everybody's moved non-quarterback. Maybe you decide, all right, well, maybe we'll just take the quarterback now. We'll, we'll move in a different direction. So that might be how it plays out. The teams just kind of decide, hey, if everybody else is going to go non-QB, we'll be the first one to roll. And maybe it's, you know, Seattle at nine. Um New Orleans, they obviously just brought Jameis back, but you know, maybe they decided 18 they'll draft somebody. But it is going to be weird to see how right. you know, given given everything that's happened to this date, it, do, it does seem like the lead's like, yeah, we don't think these guys can play right away. Maybe teams are just going to decide we're going to be patient. Of course, then the problem becomes if you're hedging all your bets for next year's QB class, what if it doesn't look like this one. What this if was supposed to be great, you know, it's supposed yeah. to be, you know, supposed to be a load how and you know, Spencer Rattler at the top, and that went absolutely south quick. Right. So and so and we're sitting here right now saying, Yeah, Bryce Young, yeah, CJ Stroud, they're one, two. Easy, right? Well, it doesn't always turn out that way. Plus, Will Anderson is gonna be the first player taken anyway, you know. Right. 
Just like yeah, Kayvon no. Thibodeau was this time last year. So right. Yeah. That's it's that's a good point. Um, and again, like I keep going back to it too. Like maybe this is a not a front office way to think, but like Carolina, you said their next pick is like one in the thirty-seven. Right? Yeah. They need help in multiple different ways. Do you I mean like it's tough as a like just as a fan, like if I'm doing a mock draft and I'm drafting a quarterback that isn't ready to start, you take that quarterback and pretty much you're not getting anything out of your draft class. And again, like the draft is about, you know, you're trying to make it about this year, but you're drafting for two, three years down the road. But damn, man, like if I take Malik Willis at wherever they're picked, where are they at? Seven? Six. six. So they take Malik Willis at six and they don't have another pick for 120-some picks. I mean, that's just hard as a fan it's hard as a front office to take a guy that you know probably isn't going to play for you, and then you don't have any other darts to throw. I mean, like, at least if you got – you know, at least if you draft – I'm not saying they will, but at least if you draft Charles Cross or yeah. Kayvon Thibodeau or, yep. you know, Derek Stingley or whoever it is, you're like, sweet, we got a dude who's going to come in, he's going to help us this year, he's going to get better in year two. But, man, if you got one pick in the top 100, that's just – Oh, that's, that's, that's if a... <laughs> you're so to that point, I think it's a good one. If you're Scott Fitterer, then the, the Panthers GM, are you calling Tomlin right now? Are you calling Culver that's right now I'd and saying, Hey, you want to come to, you want to come to six and you, just and you know, they're up. desperate for picks. So you, it's not like yeah. they can hold your feet to the fire either. Like that, yeah, that's I mean, gotta be one. I would, I would just zone in on a trade in, you know, if you're trying to move up for a guy, even though it's not a quarterback, you know, if you're trying right. to get, Thibodeau, if he starts falling, you're like, this is edge one. We always thought it was. He always is. One of these linemen, like Carolina's a team that I'd be trying to bend them over the barrel because they, I mean, for lack of a better term, like they need the picks. Yeah, They're they're in a spot where like, yeah, they need a quarterback, but the quarterback class ain't great. And they need so many other spots um, that it's just like they need offensive line help. They need you know, another, they need a pair, another pass rusher with Brian Burns. Like they need corners. They, they need defensive help too. So, I mean, they just put a bunch of picks into that defense, but they lost some corners. They, they, you know, they, they don't have a, a real, you know, dominant pass rusher to pair with uh, Brian Burns. So again, they're a team that if I'm a team that's trying to move up and get one of these top five borderline guys, I'd be taking Carolina and trying to for you know maybe get get them for a little bargain because they need. Yeah, to pick I mean because because <laughs> the Panthers they have the pick at six and then one thirty seven, one forty four, one forty nine, two hundred and two forty three. Those like, mock draft simulators just got to be a ton of fun for Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I mean imagine like, trying well, to if you're a Panthers writer doing <laughs> mock drafts, it's like well you're just throwing darts. When, when five of your six picks are three digit numbers. Oh, it's yeah. not a good place to be. So, Absolutely. yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh, we should be calling. I mean, I, I keep going back and forth on Washington because I, I, I still feel like you might want to hedge against Wentz, but can you really draft a quarterback seeing what Jalen Hurts in his draft and by, you know, the fact he was drafted by Philly sort of went caused right. Wentz to go haywire. Like, I don't think they can do that. This, it's, again, it's just nuts. To- you have no Jacksonville, you have no New York Jets, you have no – I mean, even you really don't even have, like, your San Francisco situation this year where we're like, yeah, right. our quarterback's getting ready to run. You know, we're, we're 50-50 on this guy. And, I mean, again, like, Washington's probably your closest San Francisco situation. But, like you just said, like, do you draft the first-round quarterback after Carson Wentz went into a full-on 
you know, torpedo right. tank when they added another guy. What about Houston coming out from 13 now? Just to get like, like say they go at three, they go offensive line or they go Hamilton or something like that. And Thibodeau's there at six. And they've got 11 picks. Yeah. Probably not going to make all of those. No. You've and got a second to. rounder at 37, two thirds at 68 and 80, two fourths at 107 and 108. I, yeah. Houston, I like that. I mean, if Houston walks out of this first round with Hamilton and Thibodeau, that's not yeah. too shabby. I mean, I'm I'm not super on top of Houston, but even if it's even if it's Hamilton and freaking Sauce Gardner, like you just rebuilt your secondary with two picks. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they I I mocked them with that thir- pick of thirteen Drake London the other day because right now they're starting wideouts of Brandon Cooks, Danny Amendola. I, I didn't realize he was still <laughs> in the league. I should have known that. And Nico Collins, like. Yeah, they need you could a add receiver. a receiver there, but like for sure, a receiver might be staring you at the face at 13. Thir- thir- yeah, 13. Or, or I mean, or they got I know they're pretty loaded on picks in the second and third round, and this receiver draft stretches a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, I mean you could get a receiver. that's a sneaky team to pay because most of the time you think about your good teams moving up to get you know the player is going to take them over the top, but for Houston, you got all this ammo and yeah. like you're you're not going to compete. Like, let's go and get three dudes and not try to get one dude and like oh you know we got we got the second wide receiver at 13 like let's go make sure we get the dude and right you know you know what's interesting on tankathon they have like mock drafts for each team like when you click on to see their picks and they have at least in this one them getting a quanto at three garrett wilson at 13 and david ajabo at 37 yeah just by sitting there and I mean, obviously, yeah. Ojabo, like we like we touched on this weekend, the Achilles is now confirmed that he had the Achilles injury in Michigan. But you know, even if he doesn't play right away, that's a heck of a haul. No, for sure. I mean, that's uh, yeah. I mean, again, like like you said, like Ojabo might be a guy who doesn't play at all in year one. But man, you're talking about getting three dudes who were top 10, 15 players. You know. You know, obviously a job was fallen because of the injury, which is, yeah. I think gives us a good segue into what we're going to kind of touch on next. But that would be an awesome haul for a team that just needs talent. They need yeah. guys to help turn that franchise around. Um, and yeah, let's get into that. So we talk, we've talked about how the quarterback just stuff is up in the air. Like we don't know what's going to happen. You know, we did a mock. It's probably been a month or so ago now where we had, I think, five quarterbacks go in the first round. Yeah, that's not happening. Not happening now. So <laughs> that's kind of like a Jabo's probably not going to go in the first round. You would th- maybe one of those teams at the end there, you know, the, the cheat, you know, one of those teams at the end, it's always good every year. They take a flyer on a guy like that, go, hey, we'll get the fifth year option, give him another year, whatever. But I think it's more likely now that he falls out of the first. So you got a job of falling out. You got a handful of those quarterbacks probably not going in the first round. Um, you know, there's there's a few other guys who are kind of 50-50 who haven't tested. You know, Kenyon Green's a guy who I feel like was a lock first rounder, and now people are having him fall out. I didn't. Big but time. I don't get it. Like, the dude's I don't get it either. Fantastic. Like, could just be a media thing where we pay attention to the combine and start having guys out. But um, – yeah. So what are some like with those guys kind of moving out of the first round discussion, who's moving in? And I think the one guy that we keep seeing 
that, I mean, I love his tape. I love everything about him is Western Michigan sky more like yeah. he's like, he's been getting mocked a ton at like but green, you know, it, between the green Bay pick green Bay and 28. Yeah. yeah. 28 to, um, to uh, the Rams at 32nd, you know, like any of those guys, you see them go a lot in those four or five pick stretch. Is there anyone else other than a sky more that you're kind of, you know, get, I mean, again, like kind of working backwards, but Traylon Burks is a guy who isn't really being talked, you know, he could go a second round now, which is yeah. still nuts to me, but, <laughs> but that's still nuts to me too. Um, yeah. I mean, I want to talk about sky more in a second, um, but you know, the guy you talked to the Minnesota edge boy, Mafe, like, yeah. If Ojabo falls out, I put him in the first round in that same mock that I did to Arizona because I right. think Arizona needs some help up front. With Ojabo falling out, he could perhaps get in. Perry and Winfrey, the Oklahoma D tackle, like I think he's got a, a, an option, a possibility to sort of sneak in there. Kay Elam, the corner from Florida too. Um, if we see sort of a, a mini run on corners, um, I think he's somebody that could sneak in. I think I had you know, since he had 31, a spot for him, him sort of slotted into the first round. But the Skymore stuff is interesting, Connor, because, like, he, I get this weird, and I'm not making a one-to-one comparison, but, like, there's this weird sort of Justin Jefferson thing going on, because if you remember, like, with Jefferson, it was like, oh, he's a slot receiver. Like, right. they drafted a slot guy in the first round, and it's like, no, man, watch him watch him the year before where he played on the outside and he can beat press. Skymore can beat press coverage. Like he's probably best suited to be a slaughter as Z and to move around and, and someone get that two way go, but he can be press coverage. Sure. Right? And I think that's, what's kind of pushing him up the boards a little bit. People are watching now. Like, man, he's not just a slot receiver. Like he can right. win on the outside. His hand usage against press line defenders is really impressive. I mean, I, yeah, I get a Julian Edelman vibe and obviously I got a slot, a soft spot for Edelman, but you know, I, I I don't I don't been slid to the seventh round. I don't think Sky Moore sliding. He could no. get into the first. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, again, like a lot of people around Cowboys Twitter and stuff like that. Jeff Cavanaugh's been a big supporter of, of Sky Moore for a long time. He yeah. might be a little little too crazy on it, but I mean, again, like he's he's right inside like my top forty guys. You know, like I really like the player, love the player. Um, Kind of, kind of in that similar range as Boye Mafe. Like you like yeah. the traits, you like everything about him. Would you draft him at you know twenty four or twenty one? Probably, I would probably say, hey, there's probably a better player there. But there's again, like those two guys where you go, holy shit, look at the athleticism. Like look at yeah. the ball skills. Look at absolutely the explosiveness. Like you see the traits, and you're like, that guy could be really, really, really good in the league. And that's what we're looking for. Yeah, um, and it's. This draft in that like 20 to 40 range, I think that's going to be a sweet spot of the early part of the draft. I I then think like 90 to like 120 is going to be another sort of sweet spot. But like that range. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, Um, go for it. Would you be shocked if Jalen Petrie went in the first round? Yeah, that's another name that I almost threw in there. Because it's like. I I really like Petrie too. And then he blew up the combine, you know, like. He, yeah, he's a guy I mean, who's going to test well, I think. so. The, the safeties are so intriguing because, like, you know, between the Michigan kid, Hill, you know, obviously Brisker, you know, the kid from Georgia as well, and Petrie, like, they're so athletic. They tested so well for the most part. Like, you can see the versatility. And, you know, as we're seeing teams sort of look to, like, three safety systems and the guys that can be – 
sort of interchangeable. So right. you can just, you know, you can play single high, you can play too high. You can, when they show motion or shift and you can spin one guy down to the box or the other, they have that versatility guys that can do that. I think are, are critical in, in today's NFL. So he's a sneaky one, especially with Kansas city, right. you know, with, with Kansas city and the needs that they have, like, you know, right now, yeah, they, they signed Reed, you know, but Tyron Matthews seems to be going elsewhere. You know, Juan Thornhill is a okay player. They're certainly – Daniel Sorensen was just, like, uh, mean last NFL <laughs> season. Like, it, it seemed like every time the Chiefs were playing, like, he was giving up a big play. So, that's right. a team that certainly could address safety. And then, you know, Dallas is in the mix, too, potentially addressing safety. I've seen, you know, the, the Michigan kid Hill to Dallas a lot. So, yeah, we could see some safety sort of sneak in. I, I think the league's coming around. It used to be, like, safeties were an afterthought. Yep. You know, like eight years ago, I think the league sort of shifted on that right now, especially with all the two high stuff and the three safety stuff as well. I mean, you mentioned Kansas City, but like when I watch Petrie, like I'm not saying he's Tyron Matthew, but like they, yeah, vibes, they play right? very similar. Like step yeah. down, play around the line of scrimmage. You can play back and play with some range. You can cover. Like they do some of the similar things, but. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's kind of crazy because we've always t- from the start you talk about how kind of weird this draft class was, where it's like you don't have any of the quarterbacks, you know, you don't really have any of the blue, you know, the for sure blue chip type of guys, you know. But that thirty to fifty run is going to be awesome. Like you're going to get really good players there, and and that's the case. But it's just like we talked about it, like you. There's this is going to be the worst mock draft year. You know, people who grade the mock drafts or get the percentage of them like there's this has got to be the worst one yet because Drake London, we're going to talk about a mock draft that came out today here in a second from one of the the big name guys. But you see Drake London in the top 10 and then you see Drake London in the outside of the top 40 sometimes, which is it's just crazy. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a case to be made that that's something that's interested about this receiver class. It's very much like a pick your sort of personal favorite. Right. And I also, I always remind people like you could have three different receiver boards, like London and Traylon Burks are probably your X's in the class. And then you've got, you know, guys like Olave and Wilson that are more like Z's flanker types. And then Sky Moore, that's probably a slot like Shakur from Boise state. That's probably a slot. Like, you know, slot one might be wide receiver 20 overall. Like it's just, you know, how that sort of position group stacks, but the London conversation is very fascinating because there are people that absolutely love them. And then, like you said, there are people that are like, I don't see it. And I, I, I see right. like a, a plotter type guy that struggled to separate in, in, against, you know, pack 12 type of players. Like what's going to happen when he gets to the NFL game on Sundays. And I right. think people also have that, contested catch receivers on Saturdays or it's a nice way of saying a guy just can't get open. Like I I think, you know, Nikhil Harry from a Patriots fan perspective has scared people off of the contested catch receivers. Now, personally, I'm more in the pro London camp than the, but I don't know about four overall though. Right. 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 Which kind of leads us into what we're going to close out with today. Before history is written. Played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. 
The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, Mel Kuyper put out a mock uh, ESPN, right? Isn't he an ESPN? Yep. NFL yep. Network? Mel.com. ESPN, yeah. Um, so he put out his mock um, today, this morning. You know, obviously this is coming out. This is coming out on Wednesday, so it came out on Tuesday morning. Um, and there was quite a bit of conversation uh, about it. I mean, your first three picks are, I think, pretty realistic. But number four, the New York Jets select USC wide receiver Drake London. So if you're wondering why we kept talking about fourth overall Drake London, this is why. And again, like we might not agree with Kuyper's analysis at times or that, but like he it's not like he's just throwing, you know, like that's he's hearing something yeah. that goes, I'm I feel confident that this could be an option. Yeah. I, the thing is though, I mean, he'll be there at 10, I think. Yeah. Like I agree. <laughs> I, I don't think you have to force it. Who are the first three? Like, what's the scenario where London is the option at four? Aiden Hutchinson, Kyle Hamilton, uh, Ikea Kwanu. Which is yeah. probably Maybe you swipe. Maybe you float in an Evan Neal over Kyle Hamilton. Maybe that's what you end up like. Your top three looks like, but yeah, I mean, at that point with what the Jets have, <laughs> I, I mean, mean imagine pro- imagine passing on on Thibodeau. Trayvon Walker, Thibodeau, Thibodeau. Evan yeah. Neal. I mean, you got three dudes, and you're just like, we'll take a chance on some people's six best wide receiver. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I, I really think even in that scenario, like London should be there at 10. So you could go Thibodeau. You could go Walker if, if you're buying into Walker. Like you could go Evan Neal and make sure, yeah, you, between Neal and Becton, you probably should figure out two started tackles in the NFL. Um, I love Sauce Gardner. I think he'd be a great fit for them. I don't know if he yeah. goes four, but, you know, any of those options would still give you the shot at getting, if not London, if you still want to go receiver, like Olave, Wilson, Burks, like, there will be receiver options at 10 that I think will allow you to get an even better player at four. And I know I'm, I'm going to, this is going to be terrible podcasting and radio, but I'm going to put you on the spot here in a second. So don't, if you got the mock up in front of you, don't look at it yet, but I, 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 have, we, I don't have it all. Okay. All right. So we were talking our first segment in this podcast, we were talking about quarterbacks, where they go. Where do you think his first quarterback comes off the board at? I'm going to guess since we kind of hinted at it, Pittsburgh at 20. Saints at 18, Kenny Pickett. Okay. I mean, I've walked Pickett to the Saints at 18, so I can't say I disagree with it and don't see it. I mean, we've heard McShay said 15 is kind of where you might see, like just number-wise, the first QB go. So then who does Kuiper have Carolina picking at six? For those teams we talked about, six, eight, nine. Yep, so that's why I wanted to bring it up. So they got he's got Carolina drafted Trayvon Walker. Wow. Kind of, okay. you know, need pairing a yep. freaky dude with another freaky I mean, dude. Him and Barry, that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, he's got Atlanta taking Garrett Wilson. 
Jami, they need a receiver. They need receiver help. And then nine, they got Seattle taking Charles Cross. They need offensive line help. And again, and and that's just it. Like, that's the calculation you were talking about earlier. It's like, okay, you take a QB in those spots, but look what you're passing up. You're passing on Walker, who's, you know. And truthfully, I had no, like, I had no idea the first quarterback when I'm, I've got this pulled up on my phone, you know, going through it as we're recording this. Like, I was like, let me see, because we just did 20 minutes on how this quarterback class could fall crazy. And it, it kind of f- fell like how well we were saying it could, you know, how. So how many QBs does Kuyper have in the first? He's got Willis going to Pittsburgh at 20, which we feel is very likely. And then that's and then he's got Matt Corral going to Detroit at 32. So three. So he's got three. Yeah, I mean. They say that Vegas knows, right? If Vegas has it at three and a half right now, I think, which is that is such a tough number. Oh, it is. I mean, it because is. you know, four could sneak in there, but three seems like that's where it's headed. Like that is such a tough number. All you listeners that are hoping to, you know, profit a little bit off the draft, I'd shy away from that one. Yeah. And, and and if so the Jets take Sauce Gardner at 10. If you're a Jets fit fan and you woke up this morning and you're just depressed because of what happened on Mel Kuyper's mock draft, just flip those two guys. Yeah, just flip it. <laughs> just say you, you know, got sauce. Just say you get sauce at four in London at 10 and you're good. Yeah, that's not that bad when you look at it that way. Um, yeah. So, man, let's – the other one that kind of surprised me, and maybe <sighs> Washington taking Derek Stingley at 11. Does that – I mean, I just feel like they just invested a ton in their secondary. They did. Like, you know, I mean, good, because they signed William player. Jackson, drafted St. Juice early, you know, Kendall Fuller they signed as well. Like, that seems like a, a – they got other stuff. That, they don't have a starting guard right now. I know. They have no – like, their offensive line is not good, and their quarterback is not good when the offensive line is not good. Right. They don't – I mean, again, like, I'd rather go receiver. At the, I mean, they have Terry McLaurin and not a whole lot else there. So Jimmy Brown, Adam Humphreys. Yeah, who, like – Similar to the Amendola discussion, is still in the league, which is right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that one kind of threw me off a little bit. Does um, he have – what interior lineman does he have going off the board and when? So we have Tyler Linderbaum as the first interior lineman going off the board. Um, he goes to he goes to Baltimore Ravens at 14. Okay. Um, and then the next interior guy goes to the Packers at 22, and that is Kenyon Green. And then Next one I want to talk about is the yeah. Dallas Cowboys selecting Tyler Smith, the Tulsa tackle that probably needs to play guard because he has no clue what he's doing for a high percentage of the snaps. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of discussion about that one, and there are some raised eyebrows to be sure. Like I, I didn't see that one coming, did you? No. Um, I mean, here's the thing. Again, like, I don't think Kuyper's totally, like, just throwing stuff at the wall. I don't think he's the type of guy that does that. I think he talks to people. He might not do this based off of, like, totally what he's hearing. You got to do a lot of these. So maybe there's some 
discrepancy that he throws in just to make it look different. But I mean, like we've heard some, like we've heard Daniel Jeremiah have him in his top 50. We've heard some people talk about him, you know, being okay. He's a project, but the, like he's got these elite traits and like, let's turn him into the next whatever, but man, like Dallas just doesn't draft small school guys, especially in the first round all that often. And I mean, not that Tulsa's a you know Juco, but they're not right. a big name, you know, program. So that would surprise me the most. And just the fact that again, like kind of what we talked about with like Malik Willis earlier, Dallas Cowboys don't have a left guard on their roster. They're not going to draft the guy who's probably not ready to make a decent contribution right away. Yeah. I mean, it hurts more when you see that Zion Johnson goes off the board, like three picks later, two picks. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's just where I was going to go. It's like you're passing on Zion who has shown you that he can play a number of different spots already. Like with this kid, you're talking about, yeah, he's a tackle. Now we're going to move him to guard. He's going to learn that. And he's raw. And we're going to have to piece it together on the fly where Zion's done both. You know, why pass on that? No clue. Like, I don't think that would be the, that would be the Taco Charlton pick for me all over again. Just where yeah. I'm on, I'm on the live stream with RJ and the picks made, and my head just goes off the camera. I'm like, well. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm but you got you got like what New England did at 21. What did they do? Jamison Williams. I like that. Yeah, I, I mean he's the that. fourth receiver off the board in this situation. I don't know about that though. He had he had Garrett Wilson go. He had Drake London go one. Garrett Wilson go two. Chris Olave go three, and then Jamison Williams go fourth. Wow! So that's what I'm saying. As a New England fan, you got to be like, sweet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll take that. Yeah. All right. Well, lock and load that for New England at least. <laughs> Score. Please don't do the same for the Cowboys pick. Just don't lock that in. Oh man, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see that one all. I mean, if Zion's there, I think you take him. I, Absolutely. I don't. I know the Cowboys really like Zion. Now, I heard that they like Zion Johnson as a possible. And this scares me a little bit because sometimes you hear some stuff and you goes one ear out the other, and you're like, I don't know how true that is. I heard the Cowboys really, really, really like Zion Johnson. They have him a tier above Kenyon Green which surprised me a little bit, but they do that because they think he can be a really good guard or like an all pro type of center. Wow. Um, and that I mean, I worries he, me a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he took reps there in the senior bowl and looked okay, but like obviously got more experience at tackling guard. Yeah. And that, like I said, the I heard that and that just bummed me out a little bit. Cause I'm like, man, like, like, yeah, I, I didn't make it down to Mobile this year for the first time in a while, but, like, even watching the snaps at center, like, on video, you're like, that needs a lot of work. And playing yeah. center is not easy. I mean, that's no, not, not that's not like, you know, going from tackle to guard. I mean, that's not easy either, but, like, that transition's a lot smoother than, hey, you're going to snap, you're going to be not paying attention with your eyes and snapping the ball and then getting your, you know, head knocked right. Yeah. yeah, like <laughs> – so, I, again, and what scares me with that is Mel Kuyper has him listed as a guard center on his. Oh, yeah. So, I'm like, that makes me feel like I was not totally being lied to. No, and... not at all. <laughs> there's, there's some dot connecting that's going on in my mind right now, Connor. I don't know if I, I, I don't know if Cowboys fans want to hear it. But I know. Yikes. So, yeah, but other than that, I mean – 
Packers get Traylon Burks at 28. I think um, that's a good fit. Kenyon Green and Traylon Burks is two really good, two that's, really good players to start that mini rebuild, whatever you want to call it. Whatever, whatever Green Bay is doing. Um, and then Tampa Bay take takes Brees Hall at 27. What? That's what that's what he's got. I'd I be mean, so that but where are you at on George Karloftis? We'll kind of finish out with this. Like, I think he's a solid player. Like, I, I think he's somebody that, like, you know, you, we just mentioned Green Bay. Like, I could see him at 28 to Green Bay. Like, yeah. I, he's I, got I think, Kansas City getting him at 30. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, 25, 35 range is kind of where I'm at with him. Like, he's a solid player. I don't, I don't think he's got the upside that some of these other guys have. Like, I know earlier we talked about, like, Ojabo versus Johnson. And it's like, yeah, one guy's, like, the steady, like, five to eight sack guy and right. start against the run. The other guy's going to get you, like, a 15-sack season. You know, I, I think that's kind of what we're talking about. He's kind of like a lower-end Johnson in a sense. It's like, yeah, I'll give you, like, steady stuff, like five to eight sacks and clean some yeah. stuff up. High effort player will set the edge and things like that. But, like, not drafting him for his upside. Right, right. And, again, like – I know some Cowboys fans are, you know, are talking about him at 24. And I just think he's going to go – I think he's going to go – I think, like, where I have him great is what you said in that, like, 20 to 28 range. You're like, okay, yeah, I feel good about this. But I feel like, with, especially with the Ajabo injury now, like, he's going to go probably top 16. I Yeah, I, I mean, I think so because, you know, and again, I, I think about Arizona sitting there right at 23. Like that could be a spot for him. Like, yeah, like yeah. if he somehow gets past, like Philly's a team that you can sort of think about there. I mean, New England, I, I just never know what they're thinking. Um, Green Bay also at 22 as well. Um, so, I mean, there could be like this little like run there in that late team, that like 19 to 23 range where you could potentially see him coming off the board to almost any of those teams, like right before Dallas. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, like I said, it's, a lot of people thought it was like no chance. And I was like, I don't think so. Cause I think the league bets on so much of the athletic testing, the explosiveness, the, you know, that elite pass rush that you Especially have guys. The edge, right. right. And you have guys like him fall further than you think they will, because they do have good tape. They do do a lot of good things, but just think with that, a job, I mean, and, and Kuiper did not have a job going in the first round. He, he did not make it. So I think with him falling out, you could possibly see Karloftis kind of work his way into that top 20 more as kind of a maybe cement top 20 guy instead of the, yeah. eh, we'll see what happens. But Right. No, I think that makes a ton of sense. Well, cool. I uh, absolutely dropped the ball. Well, there was some confusion on We were supposed to have Alex Pierce on after this. Um, we had some like last minute time change stuff that I, when they sent the email, I did not understand what they're saying. So we're going to have him on again soon not sure when that'll be but he'll be on it was supposed to be tonight um but we have a lot of more cool interviews coming up so make sure you know you listen to the draft analysis stay for the uh interviews because you learn a lot about these guys um it's kind of cool we released our boy mafe interview on the day of his pro day and in that interview he was like i was super disappointed in my vertical i'd been doing 40 41 42 even pretty consistently and i think he had like 38 and a half at the combine and then he went 41 and a half at his pro day Whoa. so he uh was not lying and, and that's oh. i like it i like talking to these guys because maybe their maybe their 40 time is better than what it said at the combine and sometimes they tell you stuff like that and you got to take some of that with a grain of salt but uh 
do like learning about those guys. So stay, check those out and make sure you're checking out all the other shows on uh, blogging the boys podcast feed. Um, this one isn't totally 100% related to the Cowboys, but we hope that we'll have some other fans listening, um, checking in on the content. And obviously the Cowboys fans are probably going to be the first years to hear it. So continue to listen and subscribe. Um, give us some good ratings, some good reviews. We appreciate all that. We'll be back next week on the Talk in the Draft podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.